Welcome to South End Supporters, a St. Louis City SC podcast brought to you by RPR Renovations and Postal Coffee Company. David Heck alongside Eric Cole. Eric, we said a couple of weeks ago we'd be a little bit more uh, regular with these podcasts. We we really haven't been, but I mean, again, it's 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 uh, not season, and we're we're running out of things to discuss on a regular basis. So I think you know every other week or every few weeks or so until things get going should should be expected. Yeah, I mean, we're like the pros. I mean, when it comes to like this is our preseason, we we got to hit that form. We're just figuring out. We're trying to figure out who's in the starting lineup, who new transfers are coming in and out. We're we're uh we're not we haven't hit our full season form yet. So. Ex- exactly, we're not in mid season form. It's it's early on in 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 this you know twenty twenty four campaign. We've had our vacation time. You know we spent time in the Alps and you know traveling <laughs> across Europe, backpacking, doing our no. We haven't. We've been it sitting felt like around it today with the ice. It, it did feel like it with the ice. We've been sitting around eating sweets and oh, yeah. drinking and all the holiday stuff that's come along with it. So. Uh, really hitting that diet hard right now. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I look like Eden Hazard when he came back on form. He was known for like years. Every time he came back, it was like thirty pounds heavier. So uh, yeah, we're just we're just getting we're getting our fitness test going, and we're we're getting ready to go. Fitness. I'm curious about. I mean, I got to ask. Like, you're a little banged up right now. A little banged up. What's going on? You know, when you join an over thirty indoor soccer league, and you just build that confidence week in and week out, you just have to know that at some point something's going to give and this time it was the quad so you know hate to say it but we might have a klaus situation on our hands again where you know everything i'm reading is two to four weeks and it's like oh i'm having flashbacks it's scary who's going to replace you is there a replacement that's what that's what the uh, the over 30 men's team is going to (laughs) wonder yeah i think every week if you know it's an over 30 men's league you're just like counting hoping that there's more than two subs that week you know i gotta tip my cap to you man because if i played in an over 30 men's soccer league now granted i wasn't a soccer player but i think i would die (laughs) if i if i did that so the fact that you got out of this with potentially a some sort of a tear in a quad muscle i i feel like that's good i don't know no I, yeah I, I'll, t- I'll take it for now yeah so. i ran into uh ran into chris mertz um who yeah. was a loyal listener to this podcast i believe yes. uh brother-in-law it's a, it's a friend of the show as well ben zaring um mm-hmm. who's another loyal listener and has been to games with us before um in the south end there i ran into him at the science center in st louis and i brought you up oh, the yeah. other day and he was like yeah man what kind of went down or whatever so i was like this can't be good that guy, by the way, is maybe the oldest guy on that team. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, I, I found that out, but he doesn't seem like it. No, he doesn't. He's like he's like got this like fountain of youth that he's found. He plays everything. He runs all the time. Oh, he just runs. I he know. just keeps running. He's always been like that, and, and, he, the, and it's, he's never aged. The funny thing was the first time I did play with him, uh, I guess he breathes heavy when he runs. Oh, he? He's like, he's totally fine, but when I guess he says he breathes heavy when he runs, and I guess another team guy on the other team was like are you are you okay <laughs> little did he know that's probably the best shape yeah guy on the field yeah. right now but it was wow it was that great. is crazy i didn't know yeah. that i played like softball with him before i probably played indoor soccer granted i was probably intoxicated while doing it <laughs> so i never really noticed but uh but that's that's hilarious no i mean i hope the knee or, or sorry the the quad is okay and you can get back out there because you got a late playoff push coming up <laughs> over the next few weeks so yeah. they're probably going to need their number nine or or whatever you are out there I think it's just more like uh, you stand up here and hopefully one of those shots get on target. That's my position. That's what I'm going with. There, so, yeah, you know, I'm um, I'm listed as day to day. Day to day. Day to day. Well, we listen. If you guys are half as bad as the MLS teams are at releasing injury news, yeah. then uh, that day to day could turn into a very much, uh, very much longer. 
uh, situation. As far as City goes, because, look, we could sit around and talk about over 30 amateur soccer all night. Or nobody really gives a damn about that, though. <laughs> Uh, so we have to touch on what people come to this podcast for, and that's that's city news. And I mean, look, we're not the best at breaking it down. We don't know everything, but we will talk about it. Yeah. That's what we'll do, and that's what we're here to do that's tonight. That's what we do. We read things on the internet and always believe they're true. That's that's exactly right. And the one thing we didn't want to mention because yeah. we weren't sure it was completely true for a little while now was this news about Nicholas Giochini. Yeah, uh, I still haven't really put anything out on the socials just because I'm that type. I I lived through the whole David De Gea saga for Manchester United, Real Madrid, where on the last day, apparently, they didn't get the facts sent through. and But everybody was like, it's a done deal. And then it didn't happen. Three people listening to this podcast right now know exactly. what you're talking I know. about. Well, basically, this player, it was like a done deal. Everybody, I even thought he was gone, and then it didn't happen. So I, ever since then, until I see the teams kind of post it, I usually hold off. But from the report we're getting today, and a lot of these reports that are coming out are from Fabrizio Romano. So if you are familiar with soccer at all, you know that this guy is like, what he speaks is pretty much always true. And especially if he puts like this his, his catchphrase, here we go, at the end of his tweets. And he's kind of basically said that, you know, the last step, basically this fully finally be done is MLS approved the paperwork between the two sides and it looks to be a go. And it's just kind of a, uh, I don't know how to feel on this one. It's kind of a bummer deal because I mean, a, we're losing not only a top quality player, but one thing I really loved about Nico is he took everything in with St. Louis. I don't know how many sporting events, charity events, all sorts of stuff. I saw him doing for St. Louis. He seemed to really be loving it here i think i saw a report that he bought a house like he was oh, wow. he was planning on kind of settling in and being here but at the same time i know he's expressed his desire to possibly get back to italy i think his father's from there and i mean this syria this como they're in syria b which is the the level right below syria they're sitting in second right now with a good chance of promotion i mean this is going to be as good of a chance i think he'll ever get to playing in syria which is the top league in italy so it's a tough one to go, but also it's. I think I feel like it's weird saying this. I feel like it's a win-win situation for the team because not only is Nico going to get to go and play kind of where he's desired to go and push and possibly be a big help for his team, but we're getting a pretty good sum of money coming back our way yeah. from what's being reported. It sounds like initially it's going to be a two million dollars straight up transfer, but with add-ons and stuff like that, it could get up to four million and. When we say add-ons, it could be like things worked in the contract to where if he goes there and he scores five goals for them, we could get an extra 500000 Or if they secure that promotion up, we'll get more money you know, based off his performance. So at the same time, I think we got to be watching these Serie B games and hoping he has puts in good performance because that's just more money coming back our way. Yeah, I wonder how, how much he'll contribute over there. That, that's interesting, too, because you go from being well a starter to kind of you know relegated to the bench for the for the latter part of the season anyway once yeah. the dinner on and klaus kind of got in form and and healthy and everything especially klaus right a dinner on had been there for a, a little bit since his um you know call up uh from from the san antonio side that he was in a usl but i wonder you know i'm assuming if he's going to go there he's going to he's going to contribute and play uh it's it is tough you know you think about losing 10 goals essentially you got to make that up right Mm -hmm. this is a big offense scored a lot of goals last year and nico was certainly a big part of that i would i think he had the most goals of anybody tied tied with yeah yeah. 
Um, so, you know, I mean, look, he was definitely a, a, a good goal scorer. I wonder what the perception of the fan base is. And I haven't paid a lot of attention to the socials on this. Admittedly, I've been a little bit out of it. But I think I think people were really split on, on Nico as a player. I think that people appreciated some of the things he could do, the flair, uh, he obviously could put the ball in the back of the net. I think people were a little turned off by um, maybe some theatrics that took place on occasion. Yeah. So I just wonder what the overall perception of, of this is. Have you seen on, on socials what people have, have generally been thinking? Yeah, I haven't been on as much, but I think it's one of those situations that uh, I would say 80% of the comments I feel are kind of same simulation that I put out is bummed but happy for him. Yeah. I think it was one of those realizations where somebody's kind of, you know, upset at a player all year long. Hey, we were just as critical of, you know, some of the theatrics sure. and stuff like that, which is, again, another reason why I think the Italian game kind of suits him. It, yeah. You know, a little more he, theatrics. He may not be able to handle the new MLS rules. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's a lot of uh, time down. But I think majority of the people were, they, they had that realization of he stepped in during a tough time for us when Klaus went down, played a role that he wasn't used to and, you know, did the best he could and, you know, kind of kept us in that uh, kind of slump we had throughout the middle of the season. He kind of kept us there, yeah. whether it was setting up goals or creating goals, you know. He, he was put in a tough position. And like I said, everything, we met him that night at the soccer Bible thing, and he couldn't have been you could, know, nicer. Could not have been a nicer guy. He took time to talk with us. He didn't seem bothered. And that was it, you saw that with him. He was with a lot of these uh, things that whether a city was hosting or St. Louis was hosting, he was there. I don't know how many sporting events I always saw he would post on his socials. He was at these games. Like, he really wanted to take in the city, and he was a big part of it. And uh, you know, off the field, you heard nothing but great things about him. And I think that's what, you know, people kind of shared a lot throughout is, you know, he took the time kind of like he did with us that night. And so, again, it's a bittersweet because while I'm I'm it's going to be it's a slot that we're going to probably have to feel. Phil, you're also thinking, hey, that's, you know, for uh, an expansion draft player, that's a, a good chunk of money you're getting back for you. And that what tells me is that you know, this Como team's planning on using him. I don't think you shell out, you know, two million, possibly four million dollars right. for a player that you're just going to use as, you know, kind of backup. I get asked all the time where the best place is to watch city games, and the answer is always the same. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, and it's not even close. Not only can you watch every single home and away city game surrounded by fans, but you can do it while enjoying the best pizza in the area. Now, I like the Murphy Pie, which is chicken, wing sauce, green onions, blue cheese, and jalapeno ranch. But maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you're more of a fan of a traditional pizza. Then check out the Dogtown with Italian sausage, pepperoni, and pepper bacon. Or maybe you're like my partner Eric over here and you like a little bit of both. It doesn't matter what your tastes are because you can order any of the pizzas at Felix's by the slice. But it is no ordinary slice. Felix's offers the largest slice you are going to find anywhere in St. Louis. So mix and match. Try different pizzas. Just make sure to save room for their award-winning double-trashed wings in Buffalo, Jalapeno Ranch, or Thai Chili. And if you're looking for something to do during the week, head to Felix's every Tuesday night for stoned trivia to test your knowledge in the most fun bar trivia around. 
Even if you're not a trivia buff, you can still win great prizes. So show up at 7 and be ready to have some fun. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, located at 6401 Clayton Avenue in Dogtown. And check them out online at Felix's Dogtown. Yeah, I mean, I, I one of the things, and you touch on, right, is like it's bittersweet. It's 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 sad to see him go, but you're happy for him. This is going to be a feeling that we're going to have to get used to. Uh, a, a lot, I feel like, and, and I mean, it's it's so similar now that the the XFL merged with the USFL became the UFL, right for spring spring American football, um, and so like the St. Louis BattleHawks is, is another thing. You're gonna see the like the cream of the crop in that league are going to get NFL tryouts, and yeah. they're going to leave. You know, we saw AJ McCarron play right. quarterback for them last year, and he got signed. Will he be back? Maybe, maybe not. But the point is, is that the guys that really play well in that league are probably going to get invited to NFL camps, and some of them may latch on and may make teams. And I think you're going to see the same thing happen in the MLS a little bit. I mean, it's not a top-tier league yet, and maybe it will never be. I don't know. But guys want to go play in top-tier leagues. You yeah. probably see this in other other leagues around the world, you know, I would imagine some European basketball leagues or some, you know, some Asian baseball leagues, right, that, like, these guys ultimately want to come and play in the NBA or in, in Major League Baseball, and it's no different with this. This is a league that's not a top four, five, six league in the world, and so guys want to go play in the Premier League. They want to play in Serie A. They want to play in the Bundesliga, yeah. and so it's going to be a stepping stone. So <clears throat> while it, it does suck, I think, because uh, you you know you get used to these players and you kind of like these players and everything and their personalities and all that goes along with it and their style of play and what they mean to the city and all of that, it's just the nature of it, I feel like. And I also wonder if it more hits harder just because, you know, we've only had one year and how big that year was right. and how big of a part of it was. You know, say it was on year three and he was still kind of, you know, averaging as much. Would it be as big of a like, oh, man, I can't believe we're letting him go. It feels like it's such a shock because he was such a big part of that successful first season. And so I also wonder if there's a little bit of that as well. It's just it's it's going to be tough ever letting any player go, but it's it's also tough letting a piece of that inaugural season go. Um, you know, anytime I see highlights or there was a documentary on YouTube today that I saw from 90 Minutes Football, and it just kind of retells the story. It's called... Uh, I think it's a history of St. Louis City, and it's really good if you got like 15, 20 yeah, minutes watch to watch that. it. But it just kind of it brings you back to that whole first year and the detachments, and it breaks down a few games, and it sends you right back to those moments. So I also wonder if, you know, seeing him go being kind of such a big face of that, you know, initial season, if that makes it a little bit, you know, more of like a pull at your heartstrings, kind of like, man, this sucks. But I think it also shows the uh, the – place he did put in st louis that you do see majority of the people on there going you know we just want him to be happy and it just kind of shows that you know he, he if he does leave in which it looks like he will he's leaving on a good mark with the st louis fans yeah that'll be great and who knows maybe we'll come full circle at some point and he'll be back i mean that's you, you never know he's got midwest roots as well i think he spent time in his youth in kansas, kansas city, city. Mm -hmm. so uh, close, close by anyway. So who knows? You never know what's going to end up happening. So and if he leaves on a good note and has nothing but good things to say about St. Louis, maybe yeah, you know he goes there and it's it doesn't work out or it's not something he desires. And you know if it were, if it stars align, I'm sure he'd be welcome back here. So you're right. Or you know he goes over there and says, "Look, you're looking to play in the United States, so and so, right?" 
maybe give St. Louis a try, right? And and you never know exactly. what that what that could be like too for 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 potentially recruiting guys if they, you know, if enough people leave and go on and play elsewhere, and you know they're having conversations with other European players saying, look, this is a really nice really nice destination if you're thinking about going over to the MLS. That's a great point. You never know. Great right? point. Yeah. Um, so, hey, uh, bid you adieu, potentially, farewell, uh, Nico. You know, hopefully all works out. Um, pending physical, it sounds like he'll probably be going uh, to, to Como in, uh, in Italy. So that'll be great for him. Another roster uh, change here is Miguel Perez. And Miguel Perez, this one's not as serious because he's still going to be part of this organization. He was loaned out yeah. uh, to Birmingham Legion FC in the USL. But Miguel Perez, that is official. That's final. That yeah. Miguel Perez will be playing his soccer at least for uh, the the uh, not so distant future, anyway, in in Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, he does have that uh, recall option in here, but I mean, those are rarely, rarely ever used. I feel like Sam's was uh, out of necessity. That was yeah, that was a, a very rare case. But I look at this as a good move, um, and it's not saying that I don't want Miggy here. I see a lot of potential in him, and he's just not going to continue to develop and uh you know grow his skills sitting on the bench and he's in a tough spot in his position right now i mean who's he really going to knock out and we saw that and that's kind of why he got most of his time with uh, mls next pro and i think the usl competition is you know above that so why not give him that step up of you know competition and see how he does and just he's just going to continue to grow he's so young and you know it's a loan option so you know yeah he's still on contract and I'm assuming it's going to be Birmingham will take over his wages and that type of stuff as far as how that works out. But again, the loan option, recalls options that not in there, but I can't, I can't, I really can't see us using it. It's just, it's a good thing. He's going to continue to develop. He's going to go up a little bit in um, the skill level he's playing with in the USL compared to what he was doing last year, which is, uh, we keep talking about it. Competition just makes you that much better. So I look at this as a good thing for him. And it'll be something that we'll kind of keep monitoring throughout the years, seeing how he's doing. Yeah, I was going to ask that question, like, why not just keep him at MLS Next Pro? But you're saying the USL, I think is, it's a, is I think a it's stronger. A, I think it's a little stronger. I think um, it, it it'll be more skill wise, and then you know travel and all that type of stuff. I think it's a little bit closer to what you would experience in the MLS as far as that goes. Um, I think I I think it's good for him also to experience a different um, team and training and stuff like that. Uh, not saying that there's anything wrong, but sometimes they go there and another coach sees something and it just clicks with that player a little bit right. more. We talk about this. I coach at a CrossFit gym and we talk about it a lot where, you know, there's eight coaches on staff or whatever it is. And you could be explaining the same thing to that person eight weeks. And then another coach could come in and say the same thing to that basically uh conversing the same thing but saying it in a completely different way and it just clicks with that player sure and this could be a deal as well whereas you know he's been in the st louis system for so long that maybe they're trying to get him to do whatever a little bit different it's just not clicking with him he goes there maybe he finds that he plays better in a different position because they're going to be keeping tabs on it as well maybe you know Birmingham came to him, us and was like hey we'd like to see him more on the left we noticed we he played there a couple times for you know uh, MLS Next Pro, we want to try him out there. And they're like, you know what? We've been thinking about, let's see how he does out there as well. And then you're not wasting him in your game. So um, it'll be cool to see him in a different system, um, how he works off of that. And then just, again, getting experience, him being young, continuing to grow, and playing a little bit more physical, I think. 
Hey, if you're a coffee lover like me, then you've got to try some of the best local coffee there is from Postal Coffee. Will over at Postal Coffee is super passionate about his roasting process, and it really shows in every bag. Every small batch is made to order from small visited sustainable farms, so you really get that great flavor and get that care in every order. Also, 20% of all profit goes to veteran suicide prevention. So not only are you getting a great tasting product, but you're supporting a great cause as well. And if you use the code SOUTHEND at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your entire first order. Nothing goes better to start your day than a new episode of South End Supporters and a cup of Postal Coffee. So check them out on their Instagram at Postal Coffee Co. and check out their website at PostalCoffeeCo.com. Still one of the, the best moments of the year for, for me, right? If not the best, is that goal that he scored in the South End at City Park. Dude, they showed that uh, in that little... It's just a quick snippet, but like right away, I knew exactly what right. that goal was. And yeah, the the goosebumps go, and you just get that feeling. I Or anytime he was subbed on, just people knowing who he was and what he meant to the area was so cool. So, it, And again, everybody on there, the socials that I saw was just like, Good luck, buddy. Come back. We're waiting for you. That yeah. type of stuff. So it's cool. <clears throat> Look, I said it. You know, I think that uh, it probably was the loudest moment of the season. And oh, certainly yeah. as somebody that's been to a lot of St. Louis sporting events throughout my life, uh, including Rams playoff games and Cardinals playoff games, for a regular season game, I've never heard a venue as loud as it was when he scored me when neither. he scored that first goal. No, I mean, me just neither. incredible. You could not, and it was sustained too because you couldn't even hear the PA announcer oh. announce his name afterwards. I know, and, and, I was and that, and that takes that. a while for him to announce it. I know it was that was that was yeah. I think any event I've ever been to, by far the loudest, like Ooh. atmosphere as far as crowd and everything like that. It was so cool to have been there for that. Now, uh, look, guys are going to leave. Guys are going to come in as well. That's the exciting thing about about uh, this this league, right? In general, is that you're going to have we we saw uh, you know with with Thorson come in last year, who who, who probably is going to get more minutes this year, I would imagine too, because he is a guy that can score goals, and you know you're going to need to replace some of those. You'll probably see him play a little bit more. Yeah, and he's versatile too, to where he can you know play that you know that position. Nico played. He could play out wide. Um, he gives you that left footed option. And he, he, he came in at a tough time to where I felt like we were kind of establishing what that starting eleven was going to be. And then he was trying to bust into it without having, you know, that growth with the team. So now he's got a full um, preseason. It's it's so tough because a little bit of footage that I've seen on the socials, it's tough to find him because he cut his hair. Oh, he did? So I, was look, I keep looking for that yeah, like, yeah, longer yeah, that, yeah, hair. Exactly. And he cut it short. And so I'm always looking like, who the hell is that guy? And it's like, oh, that's, that's going to be okay. weird. Uh, well, you know, like I said, you, you had him come in last year. You've got a potential. Uh, there's a striker from Hanover that yep. they're looking at. Uh, played in, in the Bundesliga, right? Or yeah. like the League Two over there? Yeah, they got dropped down last year, which was like a big deal because it was the first time, I think, in their club's history. And so uh, it's a but it's a massive club over in Germany. And he he does have Bundesliga experience as well as Bundesliga two, I think they call it. So, I mean, also, I think German uh, youth national team kind of like uh, Leuven's had. So he's got good experience. Yeah, that's that's what's cool about this whole pipeline that they've kind of developed over there. You know, it seems like bringing bringing Leuven in. Lutz seems to have some connections in that part of the world as well. So this guy's name is Cedric Tushert. Now, I'm going to apologize to the Tushert family for probably <laughs> butchering that last name. Yeah. But uh, I did my best there, I mean, right? We do that a lot here. We, so. we Listen, this name, it's... Spoiler alert, it's not going to be the last name I butcher on this podcast today. Oh, just, uh, yeah. just so I you mean, know. 
it's my biggest nightmare doing this. It's hard, man. It's it really so is. Hard. We talked to Lux that time. You know, granted, you know, not that many people hear us. Lux had to do it in front of an entire yeah. stadium. Yeah. You know, and she she like butchered a guy's name one time after his first goal. Yeah. So <laughs> she did say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. I might be right on this, but I don't know for sure. We don't know. The thing that with you, man, is when you say it, you just sound so smooth and confident with it that you could fool me any day. So until until you. I spend five minutes talking about how I butchered it. And then, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. pretty transparent at that point. Cedric Tushert is this gentleman's name from Hanover. He had uh, what seven or eight goals, I think it was, a year ago. Yeah. So it could potentially make no, up this the, year. This year, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last year he had fourteen goals and four assists in fifteen hundred minutes. I think it was like twenty nine appearances. And he, but he's on track this season to be doing even better. Yeah. So growing. Yeah. That's that's that's. I mean, that's exciting stuff. Like so. The transfer window opens up at a certain time, and then City would be able to jump on that. Is that how that would work? Well, it's open now, being summer for us. It's a weird deal. I it's it's so tough. I I still am trying to figure it out because over there, it's it's not transfer negotiations. So I don't know if this would be. He is on the last year of his contract, so I don't know if that means that during January, if you're on the last year of your contract, you can do what's called like pre-contract, you know, talks to basically where. When you're in the last six months of your contract, which he is, you can kind of talk with other clubs outside of it and end up signing for a team while you're still finishing out the season with them. So I don't know if that's the deal to where we wouldn't get him until, you know, May or June or how this would work. It's with us being kind of the opposite of all the European um, leagues. It's something that I need to look into and kind of figure it out a little bit more. But apparently we did put in an offer already that I guess they kind of came back and kind of it was like 250000 and they're, I think, want more in the five hundred thousand range. But what they've, what we have come out and said, and is basically, we don't want to end up paying so much for him that we have to use a designated player spot. So that's what we're. we're there's kind of a back and forth going on right now, is where we want. They're intrigued by the player. They like his, you know, what he's doing, but they don't want to spend so much that we end up having to put him in a DP spot. They don't look at him as like, you know that type of player and real quick i want to go back one thing i did like on that whole nico contract thing is apparently we we um we said no we declined like a i think one or two offers which is great to show that you know lutz and you know all the owners are looking at it as like we're not going to get bullied and yeah, just think that good. these bigger clubs are going to come in and just you know give us this little con and they think that we're going to be overjoyed with that i like that we saw value in nico and we wanted to you know if we are going to let go of a player that we feel has such you know an important spot in our team. We're we're holding out for what we value him at as. So I like well, that. But you know, and I, you had mentioned we were talking, kind of texting back and forth about this whenever the the news came about about Nico, and uh, you know you made made a comment about it. Look, it's it's not great if if Sam or Klaus go down or you know or not on form or, or whatever it may be. But I think it's important to to recognize to your point just now is that Lutz seems to be in in the in the captain seat and like we got to trust the guy because he's done a really good job building this team to begin with. And I feel like, you know, if, if he's going to part ways with somebody that was such a big part of the offense, there's, there's probably a backup plan there. Yeah. He, he's, he just always seems to be working. And again, I've mentioned this before about Lutz, but what I really love about him is, you know, like, like this, uh, this guy, I, I don't really know much on him or hadn't heard much on him prior to, you know, the past, you know, 24 hours that we've seen him, Turchart and everything like that. I like that Lutz 
is buying players based off of what he thinks will best fit our system yes. and not just a name that's out there. Uh, we've mentioned that in the past about how you know other teams in the league, they did that and just haven't had success because they bought the name. They didn't buy a player that they tr I maybe truly felt would fit the system. And I wonder if things kind of change you know, if City again continues to have the success that they did last year, or, you know, close to it this year, if it other teams around the league start kind of paying attention to that model of, yeah, we should, you know, start looking to just, you know, build around uh, a system and a team rather than, you know, try and it, it, tell it's, it's got this, it it's got this money ball feel to it a little bit, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it does. And it's, you know, it's great. It worked out really well. Hopefully it continues to. Um, I did see that <clears throat> there's issues potentially with uh, a green card and then potentially with like an international spot. See, that's where it gets tough with like, you know, while we love grabbing those players from over, I think uh, Durr still hasn't reported because I think he's still dealing with like visa issues yeah. and stuff like that. That's T a challenge. Totlands came over. He was the other signing that we got that, you know, so far from things I've seen in little clips and stuff, he looks good. He looks fast. He looks quick on the ball. He looks, you know, good in these like defensive tackles that he's making and stuff like that. So he's going to be one that I'm excited about. I, I, I really, ho hopefully this Durr guy gets here, you know, soon because you, you want him, like we said, integrating into the team and kind of getting familiar during these preseason times, not trying to pull a Thorson deal, like we said, where he's trying to get used to the team mid-season and while he's in his off-season kind of deal. So hopefully that all gets figured out soon. But yeah, I, the international spot stuff, because uh, he doesn't have that dual citizenship and stuff. I don't know how many we have left or you know how that would work, but... Um, I know it would be another thing that they'd have to work on as far as like work visa and that stuff. You know, uh, of of all the signings that I'm most excited about right now, Eric, I think the one that really gets me going the most is is Nicholas Rasic. And you're probably wondering who the hell is Nicholas Rasic? Yeah, yeah, Nicholas Rasic. You're not going to see this guy at City Park. You know, not not in person anyway. No, probably not. It'd be a cool event. Not on the field. You're not going to see him. No. Virtually, you might see him. Yeah. Because this guy's an esports player. Yeah. He's an esports player. They re signed their esports champion. This guy's not just a normal esports yeah, guy. He's not right? just and an esports. What esports? Man, this guy's playing FIFA and getting paid to do it, and he's doing it under the, the city banner. Yeah. He's German. He's from, from Europe over there, so I'm not sure how much English he speaks. We'd love to get him on the podcast. I have so many questions for so him. So many questions. But this guy's a winner. Eric, and that's why he got re-signed. I don't call him Nicholas Rasick. I call him NR7. That's <laughs> that's his gamer tag, or or at least a nickname for his gamer tag. I call him NR7, Eric, and this guy can play. Flat out play. I mean, it was I remember it was wild kind of like because occasionally we play FIFA. Um and so when I saw towards the end, you know, the end of his season, I guess, they were like promoting on the socials, like this guy's making a run and he's in the champ, and it's just kinda like Oh, that's cool. And then it was just going along with our success. And then, you know, here it comes out. He wins the whole thing, like, first year. It was just wild. And so it's kind of cool seeing that uh, even on, like, City's actual socials, they're promoting, you know, we've re-signed, you know, him and as if it's, like, the – I mean, he is the – he's the champ, and they put that. They put the champ is back. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he did great. He signed in, in late 2022 – Became the first European FIFA player signing to an MLS club. And uh, in the 2023 EMLS Cup Final in March, he edged out defending champion Atlanta United's Paulo Neto in a two-leg aggregate 4-4 four, four, and 5-2. to two. So has played great. Pete Wood 
by the way, Pete Wood, who's, who's quoted in this, who's St. Louis City's uh, SC's vice president of content, uh, content, mentioned that Nicholas has proved he's a force to be reckoned with on the virtual pitch. It's so funny hearing that. Yeah, It's so funny hearing that. On the virtual pitch, taking home the EMLS Cup trophy in his very first year representing St. Louis City SC and playing in the EMLS. I wonder, Eric... How many goals I could score against this? Like, what would a score be between me and him? You think? Oh, it would be embarrassing. Bad, I've like seen that. those dudes play. Bad. It's, just, it's just like they're doing stuff that even if I button mashed, I couldn't yeah. possibly do one of those things. The, the games that they play, it's it's so crazy. What I want to know is who in our in city's organization is scouting e players, right? Like, I can't imagine. Pete, Pete Wood, I apparently. can't imagine Lutz is out there going, "We, I've loved the way you played," or you know, imagine Carolyn Kindle sitting in a you know a meeting and being like, "We would love to have you." I, I, I would love to know who's scouting those guys. I'll be honest with you, I was I was skimming this article for Lutz's name, and it's not in there because oh. I was I was wondering I was saying, if that, that the would, case too. It would have been the greatest thing, like the German connection, and he's like, "I've got a guy." Right, right. <laughs> we got to get this guy on. Um, I, I'd love to talk in our seven. I mean, that's our guy. So oh, it's that like, would be that would be amazing to be able to talk to. We him, could probably man. maybe we coordinate that. That would be interesting. What um, if, I wonder, man. I wonder how many goals he would think. Like he'd have to spot you to like give you a chance. Yeah, let's play him. I wonder if he would like. Maybe you and I could play him. I wonder if he would like be like, oh, I spot you six, like something reasonable. Or yeah. I wonder if he was like, I'd have to give you twenty five goals. Okay, but like six in how in like in like six minute halves, which I think is the FIFA default. I think standard. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, dude, I think I could hold a ball for. <laughs> I mean, good lord, that's a lot of goals to give up. <laughs> I mean, hey, there's nothing more that I would want to see than this. Happen. I think me and you should challenge this guy. I I would love to. We could figure it out. Yeah, we got to. We got to. That'll be fun. In our seven, man, look, congrats on, on getting re-signed. He seems super eager. He even said he's eager to start the quest to bring home the trophy once again to St. Louis and the city's amazing fans. So, I mean, this is yeah. something that he's taken seriously. I know that a lot of organizations out there i mean i think i mean the nba is really heavily involved in this most of those teams have esports teams yeah. along with them as it's well it's a huge business man dude it's so big we were at um i mentioned at the beginning of this we were at st louis science center on uh was it like two saturdays ago i think it was and uh there's a whole exhibit in there for esports now is there yeah and they're and they're doing esports i don't know if they're doing competitions or classes or something there some of these universities around here have esports teams now. I, I saw there's like coaches now that you can hire to like like parents were hiring coaches to help their kids That's get crazy. better. Like I think it was Fortnite or something like that. It's it's wild, man. I you know it's so funny because my my son plays Fortnite and when he tells me he won a match in Fortnite, I could not care less about that. <laughs> and I'm like, go do something productive. And and little do I know, I mean, there's people out there making like a lot of money doing it. Um, and I'm just like, this is the worst waste of time ever. And now I sound old saying that, but that's how I feel. <laughs> it's like, go practice basketball or oh, baseball or something else. Very few times do I say the South End stand is coming out. I know, you, but God, there, I don't want to hear that. Right Man, there. that guy's living his life right now, drinking <laughs> slushies in uh, Mexico. He drank a dose of keys. I know. He's what doing is all, going on? Man? I think he's trying all kinds of things down there. It's like he's a new man. But oh, man. Um, I don't know, man. It's I look, hope it, he comes back like Island Mike in uh, the office. Yeah, that would be <laughs> nice. That would be nice. Uh, we're getting lots of photos of South and Stan. He seems to be really enjoying himself in Mexico. So shout out to him. Hopefully he's enjoying himself. Just spent his, uh, his birthday down there, too. So it was his birthday a couple of days ago. So happy birthday to him. Uh, transitioning, you know, I want to spend the back half of this thing, and, and I don't know how long we're going to go on it, but we, we tend to, if there's one club 
that we speak about on this podcast more than City. It's Inter-Miami. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of talking about it, but it's like every time I look up, they're in the news for something that I don't love. And I think that we were really excited about this messy thing at the beginning. But to be honest, I feel like it's become more of a distraction than anything. And um, I just don't love it. I, I, It's weird saying this, but I think of all the teams in the league, I hope, lose yeah. this year i think it's inter miami agree it's and it's i think most people are in that camp besides the eight-year-olds <laughs> that are wearing full messy kits yeah, everywhere this is, this is true and like, the sad thing is, is i don't really it's nothing against messy really like i mean i'm not trying to knock him or anything he's ever accomplished i still consider him the greatest player to ever played the game my issue is with the kind of you know what's going on around him and that type of stuff but it's just i don't know if we're getting that um that 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 what is it the stepchild syndrome where we're like hey what about us over here but i mean i think every team in the league is also feeling the same as we are from what i've you know seen and experienced yeah i i would i would venture to guess that most <clears throat> podcasts are probably talking about inter miami as their like number two team you know <laughs> what i mean for the most part uh that's covering out of here the thing that i want to touch on is the the article that came out uh on thursday last thursday i guess it would have been january 18th mlssoccer.com reported it the mls announces its broadcast plans for 2024 inter miami preseason matches now why is that a big deal? Well, because there's not an article that says anything about City or Kansas City yeah. or Columbus or any of the other clubs out there as far as getting preseason matches broadcasted. And we've talked a little bit about this. Last year, you could find some clips and highlights and that, maybe a full match or two on Facebook, but it was pretty sparse. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> my, my concern with it is, is that... You know, they seem to be putting a lot of eggs into this Miami basket with a player who's nearing the end of his career, who's not going to be around in a few years, probably at least in the MLS, if he continues to play at all. And so then what does that mean for the fans that have, you know, you've, you've kind of grown now you're, you're, you've no doubt grown the league, which is the idea and the reason in bringing him over anyway. So it's good for the league in one, in one regard, but when you're putting all your eggs in that basket and not exposing the entire or at least sharing uh, the entire league with with the masses, because they talk about it in the article, we're broadcasting it out to 100 countries, you know, in all these yeah. different languages. That's the big beauty of Apple being this, you know, massive platform that's able to get this product out for everybody, you know, in the world to view uh, for the most part anyway. But when they're only able to view one player on one team, yeah, like you know i don't know it just doesn't do it for me and i and it's not like sour grapes it's i think it's a big miss on apple's part for 100%. not not broadcasting more of other like of other teams matches and i think about the nfl you know and i go back to the nfl a lot but if the nfl had a platform similar to apple's deal uh, with the MLS, which they might at some point have. I mean, I think that you're going to start to see this probably with more organizations as these cable providers out there continue to fail. You know, Diamond Sports, who owns Bally's, having the issue with regional sports networks with baseball. But let's say NFL games were on, you know, some sort of a streaming device like this. You better believe they're going to show the preseason games and mm-hmm. they're going to do it for every single team. So yep. I just don't really understand if you want to grow a league. Why not try everything you can to grow the league? I I agree. You know, why not piggyback off of Messi and really the the whole you know 2005 or 2013 Barcelona teams back what it is now? 
why not piggyback off them? Why not have them be like the the matinee game, the late game, but you still show preseason games leading up to it. I think about it like Premier League mornings on, you know, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. If my team's playing the later game, I'm still watching every game prior to it. And I'm there's a lot of times where I'm like, hey, this team's actually pretty good that I would have never paid any attention to otherwise. But, you know, it gets those eyes on that team. And I understand there's maybe a little bit of an added, you know, production cost and everything like that. But like you broke it down when, you know, the MLS is paying Apple or how how much money is in exchange sure. in that contract. I'd even say, you know, I think especially knowing it's a preseason game, I think we'd all be, you know, accepting to having a little bit less quality, which, you know, who, how can that get much less for Apple's broadcast throughout <laughs> the years? Just there's our Apple shot for the show there. Yeah. But well, like, yeah. even if they, even if they did it as like a um, MLS next pro camera shot, where it's just a single camera shot up high 50 yards or half field, and it just covers the field. That way we still get to, I mean, how many we're, we're on possibly three players coming in right now. And we'll have no clue what they look like until the the season starts, and that sucks to know. Other than little clips that you see online, why wouldn't you you want you know teams being able to get acclimated with their teams and you know being able to see all this type of stuff? I just don't understand. Like you said, what's going to happen in two thousand twenty five or twenty six when he's gone? Right. Is it still going to be Inter Miami's getting these five games, or they're the only ones getting their pre? Like you can't then just drop it off because then it just looks like you didn't care about the league at all. You only cared about a player. Yeah. And what's to say, what's MLS going to do, say, if any of those four players go down injured throughout the season? I mean, they're getting up there, and a few of them have injury issues over the past year. Are you just going to stop this whole Miami promotion and then all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, we should check these guys out when I, I just don't get why why there isn't anything. Yeah, I mean nobody cares about it if Messi's not involved, you know. Even even if you, you know, you are going to focus on Jordi Alba and the others, right? Like it's it's still it's it's Messi's Messi show. So if he's involved, great. If not, you know, there there wouldn't be the attention that that there is. As far as televising it or broadcasting it in some regard, my daughter's 12-year-old softball team, we stream every single game. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't cost anything. Uh it's it's very simple to do. Um, you go to NFHS, uh, which is the, the, the broadcasting engine for high school sports. I can watch any high school sport sporting event you know that I want to watch on there, no, no matter what sport it is. And it's very simple. It's, it's, a, it's a camera, wide-angle camera that's set up in a gym or set up on a football field or, or whatever. And it essentially follows the ball. It's like robotic. It doesn't even require an operator. So the fact that they can't figure something out like that is, is a little bit concerning, I think. And, um, look, I don't know how much I would really sit and, and, and you know, in-depth, like, watch cover to cover, you know, every MLS, you know, city preseason match. But it would be nice to have the option. And I think that the fact that you're just seeing one team get the attention because of one player that, that's not going to be in the league in a couple of years – you're trying to grow a league, not a fan base around one guy or one team. It just would make sense to, to televise them all. No, I, I, I mean, I think every, I think if they actually ran the numbers, they would still see that there's enough value per team showing that, you know, and just have it as a little section like they do on MLS season pass where it's now. You go to your team and you can click on whether or not you want to watch, you know, the preseason yeah. package or whatever it is, especially if they're charging whatever they do for that MLS season pass. You would think that preseason games would be something that would be included in that. 
And like you said, it does, production value doesn't have to be crazy high or anything like that. But I think it also, I mean, you have all these people, you, MLS had their biggest season ever as far as views and everything like that. You know, you're going to have a lot of newer people coming in that maybe want to check it out and just see what the hype is about or you never know i think we're the only we might be one of the few that play strictly mls teams but there's other teams that are i think traveling into different countries like you know inter miami is kind of doing so even those teams could maybe be checking out uh mls and being like oh wow there's actually some decent skill over there i just i don't see again the harm in that but it's 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 really kind of just a slap in the face to the rest of the teams throughout the league, just basically showing, well, you guys just aren't important. And I know it's something simple like preseason games, but to just not even offer it as an option, no production value or anything like that, it's just kind of a slap in the face, I think, to the rest of the team. Messi and Inter Miami will travel uh, to Real to play Al Nasir, which is the club that uh, Ronaldo plays for. And that'll be February 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, 12th Central here uh, in the St. Louis area. Uh, I wonder what that'll do rating wise. I would imagine that'll be very. I think that'll be huge because right? they ever since they announced it, it actually got leaked, and then Inter Miami denied it. I think because probably they wanted a little bit more money for right. doing that. But anytime they're gonna ever get this whole Ronaldo Messi, this you know this is the last time we'll ever see this again. They're gonna play it up the whole time. I bet that's gonna get massive views. But I'm kind of curious to see you know what you know the other uh games that they play what their viewership is like because maybe that would also open their eyes to hey it'd be worth it to throw it for the other teams 35 times these two have, have faced each other in their careers messi's won 16 of them ronaldo's won 10 and then nine draws between them and also the goals very close uh 21 for messi 20 for ronaldo the big difference there is messi has 12 assists ronaldo has one <laughs> yeah he 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 used to get a. I remember in the Real days, he would get like mad if his other teammates scored. Like they said, like I mean that was, that was a, a. I mean it still is, but that was one of the craziest rivalries I think in sports. It kind of you know, mimics some other big ones that you've seen in other sports. But I remember there's like articles about, you know, Ronaldo's team would win four nothing, and he'd be mad going back because he knew Messi scored that day and he didn't or something like oh, that. Wow. Like he would and like the first thing he would check, they said like when he go back to the locker room was you know what did Messi do today? And I don't know if it was reciprocated as much, you know, Messi, I'm sure deep down, he probably still kept an eye on it, but Ronaldo, like he wanted to, he, that competition was alive and fierce. And boy, those Real Barcelona games back then were something to see. He seems a lot more insecure than, than Messi does. No. Yeah. So like, I feel like Messi was probably living rent free in that head for, for a few years, but sounds uh, like another situation that we've discussed on this podcast yeah, before. It does. Uh, no, man, look, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting for sure, but, and I'm sure I'll turn, tune into that and watch it and I'll probably watch a little bit of, of it anyway, you know, and see, it'll be interesting to see what the production value is on those yeah. games as well. They're putting a lot of resources into oh, it. So yeah, I imagine I mean, it'd be great. It's promoted. I, man, I'd almost take it if we went like high school style and there was just some guy up in the bleachers with a phone That's what I'm saying. and like just put it up there and it, I, I would watch that. They, like, they're, I just they're, want to see uh, something, man. Turn on an ESPN plus low level college sporting event at any time midweek. The production value is terrible, yeah. but I mean like it's there, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you can watch it. Um, I think, I just think Apple has a long way to go until, until they're on, on that level. Is this their first like sporting? I think like, so. Where, so 
Yeah, I'm curious to see compared to season one as far as what they do this upcoming year. If we see, you know, those changes that we've seen, obviously they're still leaving out a lot. Yeah, it seems like. But as far as you know, sound dropping out and like all the stuff that right. we kind of experienced that year, if if they still have those issues or if they've actually invested and try to you know fix those things because yeah. Apple's such a big company, I wonder how much the MLS season pass is on their list of priorities. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's probably pretty high. I feel like it it should be. I mean, they're they're investing they're they're heavily invested into it. And well, you know, especially you got to look at profits it, right. with him coming here. All they could have seen is that that yeah. bar going up. So as far as if you look at like statistics and paper, which you know companies like that do, they have to look at this as a, a yeah, good thing. You know? Definitely, definitely. What else? Uh, what else you got for us, Eric? Um, just the uh, St. Louis's Academy actually made it to the finals uh, for them, which again, it's just it's it's just kind of this continuation on, I think, as far as really showing what St. Louis is all about. Not only are we producing youth academy that are coming up and now getting, you know, experience, we've we've turned players that were one aways or give, you know, throwaways for other teams we've turned them into you know four million dollar players getting possibly into the top level of the italian league we have an esports champion and now our youth is you know continuing you know we had that mls next pro run you know a couple years ago and now this it's just it's just great again getting st louis that love and showing what kind of talent comes here what kind of talent we can produce and you know all the big things that you know city is doing right now it's just it's just super cool to see so all good things coming for St. Louis and just, man, we're getting closer. I just, I keep getting that, that excitement cause it's, it's oh, a month away. I mean, really just, uh, just about anyway. I know it's exciting, but yeah, to keep up with everything for us, make sure you're following us on all our socials on Instagram or South end supporters. Our Twitter is capital S E S underscore podcast STL. And then make sure you're following us on our Facebook page. So you keep up with all new things for South end supporters. Another episode in the books. I want to say thank you so much to RPR renovations and postal coffee company. Please remember head to postalcoffeeco.com. type in code South end for 15% off that first order. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always for Eric, Cole, this is David Heck. You've been listening to South and Supporters. We'll see you next week. And until then, let's go City.